My guest this episode is Alex Rowley. Alex Rowley is a property investor, letting agent, an all-round great guy. He goes on to talk about his uh, sort of how he got his start in property and the things he's learned over the years. He also goes deep into his sort of health issues that he's had in his past and his amount of bad luck and how he's dealt with that mentally and sort of how he's come to be sort of more happier nowadays and how he deals with things. Amazingly open and honest interview. Hope you enjoy it. Background about yourself, really. So I guess where it all started for you, sort of where you grew up and sort of how you've ended up where you are now. Um, well, really, I... Um... I never actually intended to to get into into property. Um, I, I uh, as it happened, I I wanted to be a forensic scientist when I was young. Um, however, times change, people change, and um, it just so happened that uh, once upon a time I was in a bit of a situation where um, I wasn't sure what I was going to be doing after I left my A levels. Um, so uh, I um, sort of luckily uh, came into some, or unluckily came into some money, and I bought a, bought a flat in Stratford upon Avon, which is where I'm I'm from. And um, it was through that that uh, I kind of you know realised that it was something that I wanted to do. Not I know it sounds a bit strange that, but it's more you know I kind of got got to choose you know got to do up the property and you know sort of fell in love with it and um i, I did find a um a course at university that was perfect for, for 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 property development and uh you know kind of estate agency and, and all that jazz and um it seemed like the, the perfect way perfect fit for me um so yeah it was just um an odd sort of chain of events that led me to sort of being uh, where I am today. Oh, wow. So, so do you say you made that decision sort of second year of college type thing? You started looking at courses to, to do with property? Uh, yes. Yeah. So um, it was a, a kind of, um, I say, it wasn't something that I'd planned for. And it was almost like um, something that I fell on by accident. Um, I, I sort of just saw this, um, course at Sheffield Hallam University, um, which was called um, Property Appraisal and Energy Management, and um, I read through some of the um, uh, the the modules, and you know, so it was like estate agency um, development, uh, building studies, um, and and it just kind of rang home as being something that I knew I'd be interested in. And, um, you know, apart from going sort of down the humanities route or something like history, which is probably what I would have gone for when something like that, uh, it's just seemed like really vocational and something that I would know that I would enjoy. Oh, wow. You mentioned earlier about forensic science, didn't you? Um, I mean, what sort of caught you, you sort of piqued your interest about that then? Uh, well, believe it or not, it was a programme called Waking the Dead. Uh, I don't know if that still airs <laughs> nowadays, um, but yeah, it was something that I used to watch um, quite a lot of as um, you know when I was younger, and um, it was through that that I kind of said, actually this is really interesting and something that uh, you know I'd be I'd be half decent at. and you know I I was okay not not too terrible at science sciences and um, you know at school and I just thought that. 
it would be something that uh, you know I would I would be able to go into. But uh, it, it's very it's a very challenging um, subject subject, and also it uh, it just wasn't wasn't for me. It was a bit too academic. I think is is the best way to put it. <laughs> Definitely. While we're on the subject of property, then, so you you obviously started quite young, didn't you? Um, yeah. How did it how did it kind of spiral then, sort of in the end, from a young age to sort of acquiring obviously a, a reasonable sized portfolio that you've got now? Um, so it started. So I, I went to university, of course, um, at, at nineteen, and um, you know I spent sort of that like three years there and this is this is after i'd bought um sort of my, my flat in in, in Stratford upon avon and it just so happened that over those three years um no no so to rewind again sorry i actually bought the bought the flat in 07 and i bought it off plan so i got what would be sort of considered a very very good deal um at the time um did you know that uh, not really, no. Um, we kind of at the time we kind of, kind of tried to get it lower than that, um, but you know, looking back now, it's uh, massively uh, you know a killer uh, of a deal um, to get that sort of property in 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 Stratford upon Avon, and um, it, over sort of those three that three year period, um, the capital growth on that property. Um, was fairly substantial. Uh, it was almost as it was built. Well, the second it was built, it was it just kind of exploded. And um, after after falling out of university into a job in, as a lettings agent, um, I kind of learned a bit learned a bit about property and lettings and learned about mortgages and you know kind of got some real life experience in that. And using that knowledge, I refinanced um, my house, the, the, sorry, my, my flat in Stratford-on-Avon, and, um, and bought, started buying um, flats in the city centre, um, Sheffield City Centre, which were at the time uh, repossessioned or corporate sales, uh, which again were very, very good deals. And uh, uh, it kind of just spiralled from that, really, because the good deals that I got there, um, you know, again, they... they were very very quick to grow in capital, and I was able to refinance that as soon as the two year fixed rate um, was um, uh, kind of went up, and um, was able to buy buy more and more and more. And uh, I mean, obviously, over it's over a ten year period now, but uh, you know, kind of by doing that sort of uh, that sort of work um, and that sort of way 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 I've kind of gone about it. You know, seventeen houses is not too bad. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I mean, you mentioned there obviously quite early doors going for like corporate ones and sort of um, probates and all. That can be quite complicated. I mean, did, was you always confident you just dive in? Because I know they, they they can't always be straightforward purchases, can they? So no, and it was perhaps it was one of those where ignorance. Was, um, I I didn't sort of I didn't. I'd, I'd never I'd never sort of um, gone for a, a, a repossession at the time. So I didn't realize kind of what I was, you know, in for. And um, and I, I kind of made some good alliances in, in, in certain agents um, whereby they kind of did walk me through it and did look after me. And, uh, um, you know, it was quite that was that was quite helpful. 
Um, but you know, at the time, I kind of, I kind of, what's the best way to put it? Floated through, um, you know, the, the the purchases, and I think it was quite a lot of excitement, and you know, the buzz of it was was kind of really just sort of nothing, nothing could touch me. So I was so I was too excited to to to, to you know to really sort of care about all the stress that it was probably causing at the time. <laughs> No, that's amazing. And just just to rewind just a touch, because there might be some people, maybe the four people that listen to this, won't, won't know what um, sort of a repossession sale is like. Can you just give you a big explanation of, of what it actually is? So uh, a repossession sale, or what it's called now, is a, a um, corporate, uh, corporate sale, um, is a um, when a bank closes on a property and takes back control. It usually goes on with several agencies, and um, at the time, it's uh, um, it's doesn't um, it does it stays on the market, and uh, you know the viewings are supposed to continue until there is a a, a completion of, of a sale, um, which is why sometimes it can be a bit of a bit of a nightmare being outbidded last minute. You know, the week of completion, someone comes in with a higher offer and and screws up your entire sale. Um, yeah, the, luckily, the way I think of it is, it's pretty much like eBay for houses, isn't it? Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, luckily, I've I've never been in a position where I've been gazumpted, you know, a couple of weeks before um, completion. However, um, you know, I have definitely been um, gazumpted, you know, a couple of weeks after the um, uh, the, the, the my offer's been accepted, um, which is how you know at the time it's a terrible nightmare. Um, but you know, I suppose it's property, and you have to get over it. Yeah, for sure, absolutely. Um, you mentioned um, sort of talking about lettings. I mean, you've gone on to obviously sort of uh, sort of create your own letting agency nowadays. I mean, what what brought that on? I mean, that's quite quite a big sort of thing. Um, so, um, as I say, when when I went out of university, I uh, fell into a job at, in a an estate a sort of estate agency. Um, which um, was very, very lucky how I, I landed a job. Um, and um, it was just, so happened, it was in Sheffield. It was, you know, in Woodhouse at the time. And um, it kind of, it taught me a lot about lettings, about dealing with people. And uh, and I just thought that, you know, I, I was self-managing, you know, my own portfolio. And it just seemed like the natural sort of step for me, uh, especially as I kind of... Um, uh, bumped into my my now business partner, and he had a portfolio similar to mine. Um, and and kind of when we put our bar portfolio together, we almost had a working sort of um, business just out of that. Um, so it, you know, it was kind of it was just seemed like a natural progression. Um, you know, which now obviously is taken on a, a bit more of a professional uh, form. Um, so yeah, that's kind of it, really. Wow. Um, while we're on subject of property again, um, I mean, not, I I know you personally, you're just an all-round top bloke, really. So when it comes to property, you're quite open, aren't you? Sort of a uh, quite forthcoming with information. If someone asks you a question, you'll definitely give them an honest answer. And and I think that's what's been amazing about about you, really. But there's obviously people around, sort of in property, that don't do that, do they? They sort of often. Maybe no. charge, charge for all sorts. I mean, did you, did you ever have any sort of um, property education, or what's your thoughts on that in general? The people that do. 
my my education was uh, kind of the experience uh, more than actual. I mean, when I was at university, learning about property, you know, sitting, you know, listening at lectures and and seminars and 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 all of that. I, you know, I did. I struggled to retain information, and it wasn't until I did start at the lettings agency that I would say that, you know, I did start to learn about property. You know, kind of what I probably learned far more in six months working in that lettings agency than I did the three-year course, and that's just simply because of the way that I learn. And you know, and I'm, I've never been one to to, sh- to sugarcoat things. And you know, I don't want to. I always wanted to seem sort of you know real, and uh, you know, I kind of I was always sort of against this sort of um, you know lying about property and, and sort of you know telling telling all the good side, good things, and you know without without getting into any of the warts or anything like that. Um, you know, so you know, I've always tried to be as as truthful as I can with it with things. Uh, I think it's more kind of uh, uh, kind of honest. Uh, honesty is is it quite an important sort of um, characteristic and, and core value uh, to me. And uh, I just I I would I wouldn't ever sort of you know sugarcoat things to make me make me sound better or to make the make the whatever it is that we're talking about sound better. Yeah, for sure. I mean, again. Definitely one of your main characteristics is that just authenticity, I suppose. And that's why I think you've got a lot of people's trust. And that's why I say I'm sure t- uh, tenants keep coming back and so on and so on. Cause yeah, really I mean, I think I have I have sort of, you know, got that reputation of being, you know, trustworthy. And, uh, you know, I like to think I have anyway, uh, honest and, uh, you know, have, you know, my own principles. And, I, uh, you know, that's kind of the way I want to be remembered. You know, I don't, I don't, I'm not really bothered about being, getting, famous over facebook and everyone knowing my name just so long as the people that do know my name know that i am kind of i'm a real i'm a real guy you know i'm i'm sort of a, i'll uh you know i'll speak straight down the line and you know i'll just be you know as, as real as i can possibly be um so another i've kind of i do think that's quite a, an, an important sort of role that I, I i do play in quite a lot of investors um sort of um strategies cool cool well i'll move it on to now um on to some more of the health aspect and i was i was hoping you might be able to tell us a little bit more because I, I don't know the full story really um if you're willing to obviously you've had a, quite a few sort of health issues in the past haven't you some quite serious ones is it okay if you maybe sort of tell us a little bit about what you went through there uh yeah sure uh, i mean it's uh how long you got um it's it's, it's quite a quite a long story and i'll try and sort of skip over as much as i can and and uh, and not really get into too much detail although it will be it's quite quite challenging not to um but basically um i was i uh thing when i was uh, uh very young um i was diagnosed with a fairly serious heart condition called um cardiomyopathy and um I I'd never really sort of suffered with it um, as a child until I was about eight years old, um, and sadly I, I was suffered with um, two quite serious cardiac arrests uh, in a short space of time, two weeks. Um, the second of which um, was fairly fairly severe in that I ended up with um, somewhat brain damaged and. Um, 
uh, with uh, kind of I'd lost the ability to sort of to walk and and you know I was with without oh. oxygen for uh, for about forty five minutes um, having CPR done on me and um, it was kind of it left me almost press the restart on on my life to be honest um, having to learn to walk again learn to do do most things that a normal eight year old would be sort of um, flying with at that time um so uh kind of that has been like a very, very long sort of trudge uh process in um getting back to uh kind of you know where i can walk and where i can uh, be normal i say um you know and uh, it's taken a whole lot of work to do so um however kind of when i was uh, 17 um after several years of um kind of being very on, on a level and not having um any any sort of further issues i sadly suffered from a couple more cardiac arrests um and uh, that did again set me straight back put me uh, very sort of made me very depressed and um because i almost felt like i was uh, kind of me against the world sort of thing um yeah. you know kind of just kind of get getting out of something bad into something good uh, and then straight back you know to being bad um uh, sorry better than two minutes <clears throat> sorry yeah you're right. <clears throat> Um, so after I kind of booked my ideas up after, um, you know, I kind of, you know, I started seeing um, various um, uh, people, psychologists to sort of get me back on track. And um, it kind of, it, it helped very much so. Um, however, when I, when I got into university, um, I stopped with it all, um, which was, you know, okay, it kind of got me through. But um, I, I say it was a terribly long process um, to sort of get me get me back to kind of <laughs> Alex Alex's happy self uh, sort of thing. Mm. Um, but hey ho. Um, uh, following following that, um, I kind of had another nine years, about nine years, yeah, about nine years um, of relative calm period i think is the best way to put it yes um i had several sort of uh potential um you know smaller minor issues but you know not nothing really sort of <laughs> as as big as a cardiac arrest until i was um i think it was january 17 uh yeah so january january 16 2016 and um sadly i was um, diagnosed with uh, with cancer, um, which wow. was a massive, massive uh, surprise because <laughs> you know after four, having four cardiac arrests, um, you know brain damage and all that I'd been through, it was kind of again felt felt a bit uh, why me sort of thing. <laughs> um, however, uh, luckily with the we we caught it very very early, and. Um, it wasn't going to be, um, you know, massive. Like, you know, I know that some people battle with it for years, but with me, 
you know, it was a very short sort of uh, um, battle in that I, I was just, I was able to remove the cancer as a whole. Uh, and also my chemotherapy, my following chemotherapy wasn't as um, hardcore as, as, yeah. as, as some, some sort of um, uh, chemotherapy um, can be. So did I dodged a bullet there? Very lucky, and I still I still say today uh, to my wife how we found that cancer before it spread is totally totally unbelievable because um, there's absolutely no reason why we there was no lumps, no anything like that. It was just a routine scan that I went went for that was no looking way. for something com- completely different, oh, and it just so happened that it found that found a, a golf size um a tumor golf ball size tumor um just straight in my in the middle of my chest <laughs> um so yeah pretty much uh, pretty pretty mad um a couple of uh, sort of couple of um you know well, several months that was um following that again it kind of it still goes on there's um, still this, there's more there's more uh, there, yeah so i uh, following that in uh, um, January again. It was it always it always happens first couple of months of the year. And I think this was in February. Um, okay, so and then in uh, again twenty twenty eighteen, beginning of the year. Um, again, um, I uh, had I suffered from two separate events, which was no, totally again unrelated to both the my heart condition and uh, and the cancer. In that I was, I suffered from uh, something called pericarditis, and um, and then a, a cardiac tamponade uh, following that, uh, which was very very sort of uh, serious, and it did land me in hospital for quite some time because um, of kind of how severe it actually was, more severe than I actually considered it to be um, at the time. It wasn't until after I'd kind of. Uh, um woken up did i really did i realize how kind of close to the precipice i actually was um which was uh you know quite uh scared the bejesus out of <laughs> out of zoe as you can imagine and yes. um i think she's wrapped me up in cotton wool ever since it seems um but yeah um but you know I, so with my health you know i've suffered massive bad luck uh, massive bad luck, and um, has that yeah. changed your sort of outlook on sort of again? Again, I don't know. Whenever I hear about people when they have consecutive bad luck or sort of things, it can it can spiral out of control, or it can change their outlook and sort of how they perceive what a problem is. If that makes sense, because if that happened to any normal Joe, I mean, the, yeah, the, crum- the crumble, wouldn't they? And obviously, you haven't, and it's I mean, Mass- it's, it's massively um, sort of affected my outlook, and it's. It has kind of at times it's made me seem quite cold, uh, you know, with because of a lot of people that haven't necessarily suffered with with you know uh, problems, you know, that have been you know either life threatening or, or severe, uh, as 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 kind of what I would consider my own to be, uh, you know, I, I do sometimes find it challenging to sort of sympathise with them, and you know sometimes I almost want to say, you know kind of you know get your act together to certain people um, because you know in the scheme of things quite often a lot of people's problems 
you know, can be, you know, overcome, uh, you know, and they're not something that's kind of like getting struck by lightning, you know, five, six, seven sure. times, um, which is kind of what, what seems to keep happening to, to myself. Um, so, you know, it's, I, it, does, it does make me seem sometimes a bit cold um, around sort of certain people, but, you know, I do, I do sort of, you know, try my hardest not, not to, not to seem that way because uh, it's just been certain comments <laughs> that, uh, that that um, that my wife has has made um, sometimes that kind of has made me aware uh, that I can be quite uh, um, well, not as kind of uh, sympath sympathising, you know, symp you know, full of sympathy as perhaps I should be in certain situations. And uh, and also I've got a kind of it's affected my sense of humour in that is kind of uh, I I very much uh, sort of take everything as a, as a joke almost now um, I, I kind of everything's um, kind of I've required quite a, um, a dark sense of humour at times I think you know to get through this and uh, you know it's that's kind of uh, got get get got kind of quite. Uh, you know, been 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 a good ally. I think is the best way yeah, to put it. Sure. I mean, mate, I can't thank you enough for sort of sharing. I mean, I didn't know half the sort of of all, all of what you've been through there, and I, I just commend you for being able to speak about it. Honestly, mate, that's quality. Man. Well, it's no problem. I mean, the thing is, like, I mean, I I don't I don't talk about it. You know, with people. Um, to be honest, I've always sort of said, I know, I know that, you know, perhaps people would say that I shouldn't do, but. I've always considered it a weakness and um, a weakness of, of mine and because that's how it's always felt. Sure. And, you know, and I know that some, some, some individuals wear it like a badge of honour, you know, their issues, which, which I find, you know, fantastic and, you know, very commendable. However, for some reason, I don't know what, you know, maybe just the way it's affected me in a different way, you know, and it's sort of happening from, from, from so young. Um, you know, I almost find it embarrassing uh, at times to sort of, you know, to, to mention that. And I sort of tried ever since I was eight years old uh, to just live a normal life and, you know, and telling people what I've been through and what I, and kind of what type of person I am sometimes I feel doesn't make me sound, you know, normal and, and, and people might not treat me as such. So I don't often sort of go around telling people, you know, you know what what's actually gone on, you know, in, in the background, uh, whilst they're, you know, in in my life. Yeah, sure, I can definitely see how you'd you'd, you'd think that for sure. I mean, you've touched on it um, a while back about sort of sort of mental health and things like that. That's quite a big part of uh, what I like to talk about, really. Sort of get people talking, like I said, the taboo subject. Mm. I mean, is there anything that you do day to day now, having been through all that, that sort of like a coping mechanisms that helps you sort of stay on track? You've mentioned humour before. Is there anything else that you sort of feel helps you just in general day to day? Uh, it, it's kind of, I think it, it's uh, very much um, depends on, on my, on my humour, I think. I think that's kind of what's got me through it, essentially. That and obviously, you know, the the support of, of my family and, and wife um you know i think it's uh, i just kind of i now now try not to take things very seriously and you know i i make jokes at things that i perhaps shouldn't do at times and but and you know it's one of those where uh, i just 
you, you need I, I need a sense of humor to sort of to, to get over to get my head around things sometimes and you know I, I've had times years of psychological help um, privately paid for because um, the NHS hasn't always been very supportive in that way um, and you know it's probably it's cost a small fortune to, to get me on a level where you know I can make jokes about things like that and not get you know, so uh, so uptight and so kind of upset about about certain things. So you know, I have definitely sort of suffered with mental health issues. I think I think it was actually diagnosed as um, post traumatic stress, which sure. you know, find find amazing because I mean, I would never even consider that. I mean, I, I consider that as being something that you know I've been been shot at in you know in 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 iraq or something like that and you know that's post-traumatic stress you know going through what i what i've done is has been diagnosed with something similar and it just doesn't feel like as as big a thing as but perhaps it is and i just don't see it that way yeah i guess we all perceive things differently i guess don't we and yeah. i mean you mentioned humor then and again that's another thing you mentioned before and i sort of really I think I really, really probably really share that sort of maybe the Ricky Gervais style humour. I don't know a bit of on the edge. Very much. So, so. On the podcast, I like to sort of um, tackle the taboo subjects, but I also like to have a, have a laugh as well because that's what I do. So I'm going to move on to one of my sort of like little special round things, um, and this one's going to be an either or. Okay, so I'm going to say two things, and if you just tell me the first, the one that you prefer, like the, the quicker the better. I think the funnier that is. Okay. <laughs> you ready? Okay. Uh, night in or night out? Uh, night. In. Uh, shower or bath? Shower. Spa or gym? Gym. Facebook or Twitter? Facebook. Breast or bum? Bum. <laughs> nice. Uh, tea or coffee? Tea. Uh, petrol or electric? Uh, petrol. Brains or beauty? Beauty. <laughs> Boris or Jeremy? <laughs> Boris. <laughs> <laughs> Why uh, bother asking that one? <laughs> I knew that was quick. Uh, Macadies or Burger King? Macadies. Smart or casual? Smart. Uh, medium rare or well done? Medium rare. Uh, pizza Hut or Domino's? Domino's, definitely. And sex or chocolate? <laughs> uh, sorry, say again. <laughs> sex or chocolate? Uh, sex. Nice. And um, I've also on. Um, I was trying to debate doing like another sort of different special round. And another one is sort of, would you rather? And if you've done that when you were sort of younger or whatever. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, certainly. And yeah. I just like to go for like you, the most extreme thing going. So this has always been my favorite one since I was a kid. So yeah. feel free to answer it or shoot it down how you will. But would you rather give birth to a mace? So, you know, those silver things with steel balls on it. Yeah. Or sweat mayonnaise the rest of your life. Oh, uh, I'd go. I'd go give birth to a maze. The maze, sorry. Oh, mate, you've not even debated it. You've just gone straight for the maze. Fair play. Yeah, yeah. I just got. I, I hate sweating, um, and that's kind of. I think sweating mayonnaise, being sticky for the rest of my life, would just drive me mad. And you know, maybe a couple of uh, hours of of pain. Uh, you know, severe pain. Um, you know, would uh, would be a better option. <laughs> I guess so. You'd be walking around like a penguin for a bit, though, wouldn't you? It'd be quite 
Well, yeah, well, to be honest, I, I don't sort of do do massively well with Milwaukee now, so it wouldn't make much of a much of a much of a change to me. <laughs> cool. Right, uh, moving on to so our last little section then. So, um, in terms of goals, then, sort of, I mean, obviously, you've been so through so much in your life already. Do, do you set yourself sort of, I don't know, life goals, financial goals, that sort of thing, or do you just sort of let go with the flow and just see what happens? Um, I think, I think. I, I go with the flow. Um, I think that's the best way to, to put it. Uh, of course, I, I have goals, you know, in, in you know, business-wise. Uh, you know, I, when it comes to the lettings agency, you know, we set goals. You know, I, I want X amount of properties let. Also, you know, I'm kind of fully managed, you know, with, by the end of, end of, of this year or 2021, um, and you know, in that respect, however, personally, um, I do, I do very much go, go, go with the flow. Um, and I know that's probably not what a lot of entrepreneurs sort of would would suggest. However, um, you know, with all the curveballs, you know, that I've been thrown, uh, you know, it's kind of given me a different outlook on life to most people. And you know, unless you've been through something similar. Um, I'm afraid it's, it's it's hard for people to comprehend, and so they they wouldn't necessarily understand. Um, so you know, I say very much go with the flow. Yeah, cool. Uh, how's pug life treating you? Pug life, oh, you know what? That little dog uh, is is the bane of my life, but she is uh, very much um, the light of it as well. And uh, you know, I do I do love her to bits. And being a being a pug dad is uh, certainly something that I never thought I would be and enjoy. But yeah, I, I certainly do. <laughs> is that the first sort of animal you've you've had growing yeah. up? Already? Yeah, but my first ever first ever animal that I've ever ever sort of had. Um, I had I had like a hamster growing, but I don't think they massively count. Um, you know, Bella is is the uh, sort of you know never had any cats or dogs growing up. Um, you know, Bella's the first one, and I, I was even against getting getting her at the, at the beginning. Um, so you know, Zoe how did Zoe that. twist your arm in the end? What happened? Uh, well, to be honest with you, I don't I don't know how she how she did it. I think she just kept on mentioning it um, over and over and over again. Planting the seeds, Zoe, the seed, like it. Yeah. And then, kind of one Christmas, I was kind of just in a in a bit of a panic mode as I didn't know what to get her. So okay. I think I just okay. retreated to getting her a dog because <laughs> I knew that she wanted that. So uh, yeah, that was um, that was kind of the the main the main reason. <laughs> nice worked out in the end, then. I suppose. Oh yes, yeah, it, it has done. Yeah. Cool. Right then. So I always like to finish on this uh, last question. Um, so, if you'd like to share with someone, you don't have to be happy, but one, one of the happiest memories. Happiest memories? Uh, probably my wedding day. Um, you know, I think uh, corny, it sounds terribly corny, um, but, you know, it's one of those where I, I obviously married Zoe, who's loved my life, and um, I, I wouldn't, which I wouldn't change. And also, I got to celebrate with my you know entire family who also you know love its pieces and it was just a nice sort of a, a, a lovely a perfect day and uh, I think that's probably probably sort of uh, uh, all I'll say about that. 
That's, that's class, that, mate. And you've always got that memory, haven't you? To look Certainly. Amazing, yeah. mate. Top draw. Well, again, I can't thank you enough for coming on the podcast and obviously as usual sort of on, it, on itself. Uh, and uh, I've really enjoyed it and I'm really glad you came on, mate. No worries, pal. Anytime. And uh, yeah, thank you for having me. Appreciate that, mate. See you later. Right. Goodbye. Bye.